On today's episode of Titus and Tate, it has been a little over a week since uh, most of this country got their first glance at Victor Wimbenyama, Tate. Mm. Uh, we got we got our first look at uh, what this man has to offer on a basketball court. And uh, already, a little after a week after seeing him, already people are asking, is this man overrated? <laughs> I think he is. The backlash I, I, I think, is coming. I think he's <laughs> officially overrated, and I'm over him already, one weekend. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the excitement period has already, I don't know, It's 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 been a fascinating week and a half. We'll put it that yeah. way. The, the, we the, asked when the tipping point was, and boy, did it come it early. It came quick. <laughs> I think at, at one point when... Uh, I, I started seeing everyone arguing that he might be the, a better prospect than LeBron James. That's when I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and hit the button and say, yeah, hey. stop this. <laughs> let's wait a second. <laughs> let's, uh, let's calm down. Uh, also, the fastest releasing of the tapes maybe in the history of mankind happened. Uh, yeah. As last show we did on Thursday, I demanded that the Warriors release the tapes uh, with this Draymond Green, Jordan Poole fight. I did so uh, under the assumption, as I do every time I, demanding, I demand a releasing of the tapes, that the tapes would not actually be released. Yes. Some 12 hours later, the tape was released. and uh, To everybody. Yeah. And apparently it was sold for under $10,000, which is the biggest upset uh, is in that history. True? Yeah, that was what it was reported. It was less than 10000 is what they leaked the video for. Yeah. Oh, my God. That that is should have been a hundred thousand. That's like should have been six figures. Yeah, it should be your salary. Whoever whoever put that guy on the list video. with the uh the the home the home run catchers who like give it mm -hmm. back to the yeah. team, you know, for a signed jersey. As far as like guys who got swindled by who blew the bag, <laughs> yeah, who blew it, who fumbled the bag, <laughs> the bag fumblers. Let's do a Hall of Fame there. Uh, also, let's talk about some guys who didn't uh, fumble the bag. Tate Nike has signed DJ Wagner and mm -hmm. Bronny James to NIL deals. Uh, that sound you hear is Milt Wagner packing up his office <laughs> <laughs> at Louisville. Because I think the dream might be dead with DJ yeah. Wagner to Louisville. He Thoughts walked into the meeting and then walked right Louisville out fans. this morning. Yeah. So I'll see you guys later. That is uh, tough. Also today, uh, his, a long-awaited return of Andy Katz on the program. We love having Andy on. Uh, it is it is always a treat to, to have a man who... Uh, we can break it all down for us. What is he mm -hmm. breaking down? We don't know. We yeah, know, we never really know the but, dynamics yeah. of what's happening in college basketball from every conference's mm -hmm. vantage point. Because yeah. Andy is in with every. He's basically the ultimate insider. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we brought Andy Katz on, talked to him for about a half an hour. That was a mm -hmm. fun conversation just to get him back into the fold because he is. Uh, it's nice. We we a lot of people think that that you and I are. Uh, maybe, I don't know. We're too big of jackasses sometimes. So it's maybe. nice to have. It's nice to have a real adult show up on the program and, yeah. and, and remind and, people that yeah. he respects this <laughs> yeah, jackassery yeah. Yeah, and that right. he's going to have fun with us. Uh, all that coming up, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, should we start with the uh, the Nike news, the news that, that broke today? This is uh, is this the most interesting thing to you? DJ Wagner, Bronny, who else is it? Caitlin Clark? Yeah, uh, it was five players, five basketball players that were signed to Nike NIL deals, which was when everyone, when the NIL stuff came out last summer, everyone was like, well, now these brands and sponsors, we said on the show, they're going to sign these players, but we right. hadn't seen that yet, and this is the first time. So it's Bronny James, Caitlin Clark, Haley Jones, DJ Wagner, and Judea Watkins are the five. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. When the NIL rules went into place, I think everyone's first thought was like, this is going to be sick to see Bryce Young doing a Ford commercial yes. and to see... Bronny James signed with Nike. Mm -hmm. And then like the actual deals that were being reported were like 
Benny's Pizza Place. Yes. yes. <laughs> Come buy 10 pizzas, get one free. Big Big Bob's Mulching Company. <laughs> yes, literally. And uh, it's like AC the left tackle. Companies. The starting left tackle is getting like mm -hmm. 50 bucks every time he tweet. you know, which is, you know, we're, we're happy for those deals. That's cool. But it wasn't exactly sending shockwaves throughout the, uh, the, the sports world like we thought. And, uh, you know, the, the, the big deals were always... The the ones uh you know and, and not that this is gonna send shockwaves but we'll we'll talk about it but like the 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 deals of um of of a guy signing with Nike are, are were, were to me the most interesting because uh there was the hypothetical Tate of what if a guy on Kansas wants to sign with Nike what if, what if say mm -hmm. DJ Wagner was already at Louisville and Nike approached him with a life changing amount of money and was like we want to sign you um and and as it currently stands the way the my understanding of the rules and and the rules change every week so who the hell knows if my understanding is correct. But uh, if, if DJ Wagner was, say, in, enrolled in Louisville and Nike approached him, yeah. he would have to, per the current model, turn that down because Louisville has a Adidas partnership, which is going to then upset a lot of people who have been clamoring for these kids to make money in the first place. Now they're kind of calmed down a little bit. But then a situation like that arises, the pitchforks are back out, the torches mm -hmm. are back out, and we're upset again. Um, so guys in high school, like Bronny James, who was, there was a, one of his teammates, right? The Sierra Canyon kid. I I, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, having, having two kids in high school and DJ Wagner, three of them, I guess, uh, sign with Nike when they haven't yet committed to a school is again, I don't think it's sending shockwaves, but it's like the first, like, oh, this is something. This is, yeah. It's it, interesting to see how this, but there's a precedent that's going to be set with whatever happens with these three. And guys. it used to be like the brands are the bags. So the, the, you would basically get a bag to go play on a circuit. So you'd be a Nike kid, you'd be an Under Armour kid, you'd be an Adidas kid, but it was all under the radar and usually through, as you know, through an AAU team that, that right. is basically the middleman between the brand and the kids themselves. But now, Middleman cut out. We go straight to the kid. We sign a Nike deal. I think it's even more fascinating to say you're an Under Armour kid or playing on the Under Armour circuit or like Zion playing on the Adidas, Adidas circuit, circuit and then take and then the Nike, Nike bag. And then you take the, the Nike bag. But yeah. it used to be all under wraps as to like who's paying who to go where. But now this is in our face. And now you know that DJ Wagner's a Nike kid. So he's going to go to a Nike school. Bronny's a Nike kid. He's going to go to a Nike school. And that is uh, the most forward-facing we've ever seen these brands be because grassroots basketball is where the chaos ensues. Let me, be, de let me be Delve's advocate here. Do we know that DJ Wagner is going to Nike school? We have to. I mean, I like, mean, of course. It would be, I mean, it, now that he is in a contract, yes. He has if, to. If he was playing on the Nike circuit, then it's not a guarantee. That doesn't mean he's Who, necessarily going to go to Nike Did he already sign school. with like a Nike subsidiary? I mean, we talked about this already. Yeah. Right? Like he signed, but that was, but that, was a little, that was a little fuzzier. This mm -hmm. is more direct that... Uh, that that he's i don't know because i i, I this think, is as uh, direct as it can be nike is signing him he's a nike athlete do you think nike is going to allow, allow a nike a nike athlete go to go play at an adidas school or an under armor school no but I, again i i i agree with you i'm talking on both sides of my mouth I'm yeah just trying to no i know devil's advocate. I, 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 I what the devil you. does he's like <laughs> yes. devil's in the details he's like well how do you know this i'm like it's so facto <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nike school. Uh, just for the sake of uh, a more interesting podcast, I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. Um, what if there is a world in which one of these guys, and it doesn't like like Bronny is it's 10 million percent of Nike. Like that that one's that one's even you know like that one is. I'm not even saying that because Ohio State. It's just like his, his, his dad has his a building. Yeah. On the Nike. Bron Bronny, Bronny yeah. was always going to Nike school. Mm -hmm. But what if uh, if it's not DJ Wagner? Maybe it's the next kid coming up. Um, a world where th these guys purposely subvert. 
Like that's part of the plan is you're a Nike kid. And what we're going to do is we're going to send you to Kansas, Adidas, number one school. And then we're going to you're gonna wear sabotage Nike from inside the program mm -hmm. where you're wearing Nike shoes every game. And you start this whole new national conversation where uh, you, you come out for your first game wearing Nikes and everyone's losing their mind. And Kansas is telling you to change. And it's on camera. Bill Self's pointing his finger at you saying, get over here, you know, yeah. change out of those. And that's all, you know, it's all over Twitter. Now everyone's talking about that. What if that's Nike's plan? I don't know. I'm just trying to find it, a silver no, lining for it, no, Louisville it, fans. It definitely, it definitely could be something like that. It reminds me of, remember the student athlete doc that they made at HBO and Nick Richards was in it and his high school coach at St. Patrick's. That's right. That's right. Like yeah. had the yes, moment where that he, exact thing happened. he yeah. came out with, I think, Adidas shoes or Under Armour shoes and they're in Nike school. So he was like, take off those stupid shoes and go put on yes. the right shoes. And I think now like those grassroots issues are now in college basketball, right? Like we just we've jumped up to the next level of the same problem and now it's more corporate now it's more in your face but caitlin clark is at iowa nike school. nike school Haley jones is at stanford nike school so if you want to say like two of the five are already at nike properties the other three are all probably going to end up at nike properties but like you said there could be if there was a victor wimbanyama right and he got signed to nike but then he says, I want to go to Adidas because I really like Joel and B and that's where I want to go to school or whatever. Yeah. There could be a world in which he wears Nike stuff everywhere else but the court. And he covers up the Adidas patch like he's Michael like, Jordan. Like Jordan with the I mean, <laughs> the Olympics, that, that yeah. is the world that we could live in. Like, we might even see it with Amani Bates this year, right? Amani Bates is that's at an true. Adidas that's school. True. Yeah. And he might cover up the Adidas on his jersey. Or James Harden. I don't know if you see what James Harden does. He cuts out the Nike on all the, the warm-up stuff. Like, for the Sixers, he just cuts out the check. So it's just like a ripped hole in the shirt. It looks ridiculous. Does he really? Yeah, he cuts it out. I didn't know that. Because he's an Adidas guy. So he's like, I, I cut out the Nike, so I'm never in Nike stuff. So, I mean, I think there's a world in which we have those same issues, but it's in college. I think that's the next uh, That's the next groundbreaking moment for name, image, likeness stuff. Yes. Is, is the kid that signed uh, with, a, with a different shoe company than his school is. And I think and, the shoe company that, that will do this, like what you're saying, send him in as, a, as like a mission is Puma. I think Puma will <laughs> sign a guy. I'm not even kidding. I think Puma's going to sign a guy that they think is a top flight recruit, and they're going to send him to Kansas or Carolina or whatever, and they're going to be like, yeah, you got him, but guess what he wears? Yeah. Puma. <laughs> Strictly Puma. I could see that. I guess Puma, Puma yeah. is the brand to Puma do that. Puma had like a... What was it? 28? Like, they signed Aiden, but then did they sign Bagley, too? They have Lamelo. I mean, Lame they, have Lamello? they have Lamello Ball. I mean, that's the big one right that. now. Yeah, they have the Mellow Ones. Go check them out. But they, they did. They took their big swing. Was it, it was the 2018 draft? Yes. Right. With they Aiden were signing everybody. They were signing everybody. Bagley, were crazy. Yeah. All those yeah. Guys. Um, not Luca though. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy they should have signed. Jordan Brand's like, yeah, we'll take him. The one guy who probably wore a ton of Puma already. <laughs> <laughs> he had Puma tracksuits. Puma tracks smoking a cigarette, ripping Marlboros. <laughs> He's like, I like Puma. <laughs> Puma's like, no, nah, we don't want you, dude. Yeah. You look kind of fat. We don't want you. <laughs> we want in shape athletic freaks. But no, I'm serious. You're right. That that actually is like, if I was a brand, if we're Sonny Vaccaro and you're at whatever that position is at one of these brands, that's a great idea. Is to basically send someone in a player that is committed to your brand to then blow up the other. No, brand. yeah, yeah. I don't. The the thing is, Nike's the number one um nike has the biggest market share and all of that course. so I, I don't i don't think nike is going to be sorry louisville fans i don't think nike is going to be the uh one mm -hmm. to do this first um it is going to be like a puma or an under armor <laughs> or i don't think adidas needs to do it either but i don't um, think so but they would you know what yeah. i mean like they get they would Unless, catch wind that puma's doing it then maybe nike maybe nike listened to the podcast we did a little while back where i made the case that they're they are currently 
the empire's crumbling. Yeah, you and said they're a little desperate. Yeah, you said they're Rome. <laughs> yeah, called them Rome. This is the Roman Empire <laughs> crumbling before our eyes, and uh, maybe they're going to be a little desperate. But uh, no, this this is a uh, this is devastating news for Louisville fans. I think. But if you're Louisville, but you spin it. And you, yeah. you can spin it. You can uh, find here, a way. I just don't know you, what it is yet. Well, here's how you spin it. I, DJ Wagner is not Scoot Henderson, right? He is not. I don't think yes. he's the, quite that guy. So I think you're. You maybe even dodged a bullet by having someone that's the quote unquote savior. That might not necessarily have the same. You did the same with Imani Bates. Yes. You thought you were getting Imani Bates this mm -hmm. summer. You did not. Mm -hmm. He went to Eastern Michigan, dodged the bullet. Um, so maybe that's Louisville's new brand. Is like you just always tweet about all the bullets you dodged if you're a Louisville fan. If I'm you, a Louisville you see fan, the announcement, you're like, quote tweet, dodge that bullet. Thank God. Yeah, dodge Prayer that hands. bullet. <laughs> or I'm coming out and saying <laughs> that Imani Bates taught me that he that a Nike kid could go to an Adidas school, as we saw. Mm. So like Amani Bates actually gives hope to the idea that DJ Wagner will go and play for his grandpa, who hopefully has not packed up his office. Hopefully, Milt, <laughs> that's what I'm really worried hopefully about. Hopefully, in the back, and he's like trying to hold down the fort. You know, he's trying to call and make sure everything's good. And then, you know, DeJuan Wagner's not answering because he works at Kentucky. Yeah, how is Milt Wagner handling this? Is fascinating. I, I, I would give anything to have a, a hidden camera in his office right now. <laughs> yes. Do you think he's just playing the oblivious, just like whistling into work and just like waving at everybody? Is yeah, all, I think know, he's playing nice guy. As he's, he's just like, hey, and yeah. waving at the secretary, and he goes and sits and he just pretending like there's not fires all around him and everything. Yes, this is fine. Yeah, that's him in his office. And then I think when he gets to his car every day that he's not fired and his key card still works, <laughs> he sits down and he just takes like a deep breath. Yeah. And he's like, you did it again, buddy. <laughs> you live to fight another day. Honestly, same sometimes. Same. <laughs> so <laughs> I get it. Um, should we talk about Victor Wimbanyama a little bit more? Yeah, let's do it. Because I, I, uh, on Thursday when we talked about him the first time, I'll be honest, my brain was a little scrambled. Mm -hmm. I was, I was trying to, uh, I, I, I thought back on some of the things I was saying, Tate, and none of them were coherent. All yeah. of it was just like I had, I had, uh, I had, I had seen my first. Uh, what, 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 what term are we going with? Is everyone going with alien? Uh, yeah, I mean LeBron. Uniform, LeBron said alien. I saw Bill said alien. I feel like mythical creatures. Yeah, let's let let's Google let which see, one he see. should okay, be. Okay, so we could do dragon. I feel like that can't do that with He's HBO show going on. It's also little, muddies the waters. A yeah, bit. Luca's like a dragon. Okay, uh, then unicorn <laughs> second, uh, mermaid third. No, I, can't do that. Not a mermaid. Uh, werewolf. Interesting. I do like the Teen Wolf aspect, but Teen Wolf would be like, a, you know, who's like a werewolf? Like Scoot. Scoot's like a werewolf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not Victor. Victor's not a werewolf. Is uh, there a lanky character? Uh, I'm, I'm just going down the list. I googled mythical creatures and hit enter. Uh, fairy, which I feel like is derogatory. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you, I don't know you could say that. Even though I thought unicorn could be originally. So, but a lot of people in Middle America, you tell them that he's French, they're gonna call him that anyway. Yeah, that's true. So, so maybe you get it, ahead it of it. Stick. Maybe you make a branding <laughs> of it. You know. Uh, Sphinx. Uh, that's not is Sphinx, Sphinx mythical. No, right, right. I thought, or no, the the Sphinx. Now I'm confused. <laughs> I thought the Sphinx was like the the he's carving not, of the statue. Yeah, thing. he's not a Sphinx. But they were carving a Sphinx. Yes, yes. It's both the car the, it, the it, what they carved is, is a, a Sphinx. Sphinx. Yes, which was a living creature it's in like the a mythical. Cat man? It's yeah, like a lion cat man. <laughs> chimera. What the hell's a chimera? Mm. Uh, the turn Jim, Jim, do you have any mythical creatures that come to mind? Slender Man, <laughs> the Loch Ness monster. Wow, that's actually I, I could get a down griffin, that. a centaur, a yeti, a gnome, a pegasus, a ghoul, an imp, a troll. The yeti is pretty good. A yeti's good too. Yeah, because it's the French Alps. Is that where he lives? Yeah, yeti. yeti's good. Yeti's good because um, he is huge. like something that you can't believe that you see. Like he's a physical specimen that is otherworldly. 
Yeah, it's not. These aren't merman. Is one he's, sea serpent? I think I he's. Know. Let's go with Yeti for now. Let's place hold the French fry. <laughs> the human French fry. I uh, I forget what the hell we were even talking about. How this? Oh, I was saying my brain was scrambled first. I, yeah, yes. I got I get my first glimpse at this Yeti, and uh, I you know we, we we sat down to do the show, and I was just like, man, I I can't even make sense of what I've just seen. Um, I, I made an argument that I like Scoot Henderson more, but it, I don't think it came out as clearly. Uh, I've given it some more thought, Tate. And here's where, here's where I've landed on, on Victor Wimbanyama. A couple things. Um, I, I still think Scoot Henderson for me is, uh, a guy I'm more excited about because I, I, I think it dawned on me that, uh, the reason I love watching basketball and the reason I've loved watching basketball my whole life is, uh, you're watching guys trying to like solve a problem in real time you're watching it happen at, at very high speeds that there's a defender in your way you're trying to get the ball into the basket how is this guy going to solve the problem yes watching dudes solve the problem in a way that i'm also trying to solve the problem at my level when i'm in junior high and high school whatever uh it was relatable it was fun that's what that, like that's the appeal of sports to me is watching uh individuals and sometimes groups of individuals as teams collectively trying to solve problems right and we've reached a point in the NBA where it feels like 30 guys, maybe it's 15. I don't know what the number is, but there's a certain number of guys in the NBA that have solved basketball. They've just like, it's, yeah. it's solved. It's done. Mm -hmm. It's over. And so now like every time you watch them, it's just, it's, it's less about watching them solve the game and it's just watching it over and over, like just the same, the same computer spitting out the same calculation just over and over yeah. and over and over. And it, it, it seems ass backwards because like ultimately my conclusion is landing on, I want to watch a guy who's less talented than Victor Wimbanyama. Um, but I think that's why. Does that make any sense? Because I think like that's the best way I could explain it. It's like watching a guy who's now going to come to the NBA who's seven foot four, who can run the floor and block shots and put the ball on the floor and shoot fadeaways and yeah. uh, has an eight foot wingspan. He, he, it, it's, it's like he's, he's, he's almost perfect where you're just like, there's, there's nothing else for this guy to do that's not interesting to me that's not like it's somehow he's too good i'm not interested because of that because like watching him watching watching his solution to the problem is like i'm just going to simply act like a, a seven foot defender is not in my face and i'm just going to shoot over him and make it i think that's not relatable <laughs> i i agree with what you're saying i think the most damning thing to me watching victor now with the week removed is that when he i kind of respect it when he was playing the game there was one time there was a sequence where he jabs right it's an unnecessary jab, right? He he can get by the guy one dribble and he's already at the basket, but he jabs, mm -hmm. he jabs again. The guy does not bite on the jab and then he just does that. He just literally dribbles it and drives and dunks. And so like the jab was the jab did nothing. The, yeah. But but he doesn't need to do the he's yeah. playing, he's like dancing. He's like doing ballet, like he's going through the the motions, which I appreciate cuz he's like I have to give them a little bit of a show and make it look difficult. But he has a fundamental base where he could literally go into the post and score every time because you can't block a shot. So like you said, that is like a, a different level of a cheat code. And as I've been sitting here thinking about mythical creatures that he could be, he's Bigfoot, and he has 20 and a half size feet, which I think is Shaquille O'Neal, Bob Lanier are the only NBA players with bigger feet. So he's Bigfoot. He's Bigfoot. He's Bigfoot. Yeah, okay. And it's like, now I'm watching Bigfoot play basketball. He's unstoppable. And I think the reason why he might break the NBA is because when he comes into the NBA – he might be able to win the MVP his first year. I'm not even kidding. Like, the, who is blocking his shot? No one. Who, when you look at his frame, it looks like he can put on 40, 50 pounds. 
when he does that, when we saw Giannis at 19, 18, same time, he looked like, you know, this little small doe. And now you look at him, that's what's going to happen to this guy. Wimbenyama at 26, 27, 28 is going to be such an absolute dominant force, probably, if he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't get hurt, yeah. That, like you said, it's not even fun anymore because even if you could stop him theoretically, you can't. Like, there's no one else that matches up with him. He is one of one. They might have to expand the court size for him. You know what no, I mean? That's like, what, that's, that, that, that's, that's what you mean by this might not be fun. He could break basketball because not only does he have all those eight-foot wingspan, all that stuff, all these tangibles, intangibles, he has this <laughs> fundamental base that is better than our American players' fundamental base. That's the second point I wanted to make. That's what why, scares me the most about him. The second point I wanted to make is the why I've, I've landed on Team Scoot Henderson over Victor Wimbanyama is mm-hmm. that I, I think... Uh, I, I want to reintroduce, and especially as this redeem team doc has come back, yeah. is, is out now, and there's like a you know people are talking about that a little bit. Um, I think Victor Wimbanyama for me marks the moment in time where I want to argue that xenophobia in basketball is okay again. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you look at like the 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 the, the timeline of basketball around the world, uh, it, basketball was a very American sport forever. I know I'm, I know everybody listening knows this. I'm just talking it out so we all have the same uh, frame of <laughs> reference here. A very American sport. Americans dominate. 1992, uh, the 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 dream team um, obviously like blows mm-hmm. the doors wide open on basketball across the world. All of a sudden, all these people all over the world are interested in basketball in a way they're not. And ever since 92, uh, America has kind of been the steward of the game for the rest of the world. And we're kind of like missionaries across the world and like teaching people about basketball. And, and the NBA is opening these uh, things in Africa where you're, you're, you know, like the yeah. pipeline from Nigeria is like exploded and uh, all, all over Europe, the, the talent exploded. And the NBA is, uh, be, it, the, the game has become very global. We know this. It is the second most popular game behind soccer. Um, and all of it's been great. And, and along the way, the USA, when, when in 2008, you re, you know, readjust the priorities and start actually taking the Olympics seriously. We've gone back to dominating everybody again and we win every gold medal and all that. Um, and I guess now I'm at a point, point in 2022 when you tell me that Joel Embiid could join the French team if he wanted to. Uh, I, I take a step back and I'm looking at Victor Wimbanyama and I'm like, this has gone too far. I think this is the moment in time where mm. we stop. It's like finding out that I don't know, man. Like, like, like Canada is a great neighbor to us. I believe. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the. Uh, I don't pay too much attention to geopolitics tape, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that like our relationship, USA and Canada, is great. Uh, a lot of people I know in America, they have no problem with Canada. They're like, Canada's pretty cool. I like that. I like our neighbors to the north. If Canada somehow had a bigger economy than us, like overnight, they they were dominating the world economy, and also they have nuclear power, and also, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we we woke up into reality tomorrow where like that happened. Everybody in this country would be shitting their pants and be like, "No, dude, I'm, I'm I don't mess with Canada anymore." Even though they're like our ally, you know? Yeah. Like they're our ally because we have the we're MJ and they're Charles Barkley, and yeah. we keep them like kind of under our thumb. Mm-hmm. Are you following what I'm saying here? That like there's always like that understanding of like you know who you know who the alpha is. We will help yeah. you as long as you know who the alpha is. Yes. And then you see a Victor Wimbanyama, and you're like, "Holy shit!" The 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 everything just flipped on its head. This mm-hmm. is this is scary where we're going. This is yeah. scary that Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo and and Nikola Jokic and Victor Wimbanyama, like these are Luka. the guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the, this those, is scary. Those are the top five and players as an American, in the NBA. As an American, I want to put my foot down and say, okay, enough's enough. We're done helping you. 
it's on now. Yeah, and I and I hope and, that that's okay. And I, I think that, <laughs> I think it is okay. the 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 most terrifying part about all this, from the American basketball standpoint, is that LeBron is thirty seven, going on thirty eight. Kevin Durant's thirty four. Steph Curry's thirty three, thirty four. Right. So like our guys, our our group of guys that are supposed to be the stewards of this. Who's coming up next? Like, who is getting those spots? John ja Moran, ja Moran, Zion. Like, who is going to be that? And to be quite honest, if you look at who's going to be on that side, and you look at who's going to be on the American side, you're right. There is reason for concern because if you go up against the French team in 2024 and they have Rudy Gobert, Victor Wimbanyama, and Joel Embiid rotating out and swatting every ball off the rim and we look small, yeah, that's going to be terrifying. And it's also going to shock the entire American public because most of the time, as we've talked about, the American public is like, of course we won. Yeah. What was the score? What yeah. was the final score? Yes. I didn't even watch. They're so, going to have to watch now. Yeah. And they're probably going to be like, the, the scariest thing to me is that I thought when my existence on this earth ended, I would leave and say the greatest basketball player ever was from North Carolina. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Yes. And what scares me to death is that I might have to say the greatest basketball player ever is from France. Yes. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I am 100% with you. And I think, I think like the experiment has gone on far enough, <laughs> yeah. is what I'm saying. I'm it's saying like much. this is too much. Yeah. This is Adam Silver's fault. This is what Adam Silver's <laughs> NBA has led to. Yeah. Uh, the, we've lost control. We've lost control, dude. Yeah. We created Frankenstein's monster. Maybe uh -huh. that's the mythical feature. Yes. Is. He's Frankenstein. He's Frankenstein. Victor Wimbanyama's Frankenstein. There you go. The monster is too powerful. And uh, I want to dial it back, and I do, and I don't know. Maybe that makes me a xenophobe. So, so be it. I like it is funny though, because if you talk like soccer, the, the xenophobia that exists in soccer is like mm -hmm. celebrated. That you yeah. could just like say, of course, you're you supposed to love your country. Yeah, yeah, but like you could shit on. I, you, I, you could if you're an American, you just start shitting on the Mexican soccer players, and you're like, why do you hate Chicharito? And you're like, because he's a Mexican soccer player. You know, I don't, I hate the Mexican soccer players. They're, they're our rivals. <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense. That checks out. Like the English would do it with you know, yeah, like, like all the rivals. They I hate that, whales right now. Yeah. I want that to exist in basketball. But like, because we are so powerful as a country, America, we are so much better. The idea of like crapping on the Canadian national team. Yeah. It feels like we're punching down at a very, you know, very extreme level. It's like, you know, like let, let RJ Barrett think that he's good, you know, like who cares? Like, exactly. let, 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 let Canada, yeah, let him and Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins yeah. like let them have their time. Oh, isn't it yeah. so cute that they think they're going <laughs> to yeah. beat us? Maple know? Jordan. Yes. Oh, and yeah. what I'm saying is it's no longer cute. I'm no longer <laughs> laughing. This is, this is a problem. And, uh, yeah. And, and you're exactly right. Like John Morant is, he's exciting, but I, I, I look at the next generation of American players versus, and and it's scary. So that's why that's why I'm a Scoot Henderson guy. I think also. Yeah. Like, I need Scoot to to represent the USA. And we also need some guys to really step up on the USA side. Some of the younger guys to take like right now. Trey Young is going to be really important to the American basketball future, right? Evan Mobley. We got to pray to God that Evan Mobley is who we think he is. Right? Evan but, Mobley is very important. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very so, important. Yeah. So if you're putting <laughs> chips into like who we need to really be focusing on, it's a different conversation. Like I'm happy for Durant, Steph, Kyrie, all those guys, but they're they're done right We're, we got to figure out who the next 25 22 to 27 group is yeah and invest yeah and pray to god that they can handle victor Wimbanyama. um but also victor Wimbanyama uh averaged nine points a game and five rebounds and shot 26 percent from three that's in the, the good French news league last year so that's the good news. is even that good yeah that's the good news <laughs> whatever nba franchise gets victor is going to immediately think that they have the biggest. They're going to think they have Wilt Chamberlain. They're I currently think they have the biggest basketball asset in the world. I currently live in two realities with Victor Wimbanyama. Uh, 
he is both a, an existential threat to <laughs> basketball in this country and must be stopped immediately. And also, he's an overrated little bitch who yeah. couldn't even average six rebounds a game in the French League. And I think year, that's so. the attitude we have to keep. <laughs> the latter. I think that's the attitude we have to keep until proven otherwise. I mean, we did it with Luca until proven otherwise. You got to stay strong here. By the way, uh, let me, I, I should have said this at the start. Tate Frazier voice. I like Victor. Winfrey. I like the guy. I have nothing against the I guy. I really like the guy. I am rooting for him to fail <laughs> miserably though, but I like him. I really I do like, like him. him, but I just think that he represents a moment in time that yeah. this is no longer a game. This is serious business. And, uh, if we are going to continue to be the basketball kings of the world, uh, we got to snuff this out while we can. I don't know. You know what I heard the other day that was a good note um, in, as far as me liking Victor Wimanyama? I heard that Nick Batum, when he was taking all the money from the Hornets and not playing basketball, he was telling them about this 14-year-old in France, Victor Wimanyama. Oh, no. And that they were like, okay. So I'm hoping that maybe if all the Hornets this, get Victor and all, if, if yeah. Michael Jordan gets Victor, then maybe just maybe I turn around just maybe. That's, yeah. You, you, I pull a Lafayette. I'm like, I actually like the French. All the, yeah. I like the French. Yeah, those are my guys. All of a sudden there's like 38 shows in our database that have gone missing. <laughs> just deleted <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> What if Michael Jordan drafted him just to keep him from being great? Like he's like, we, we only oh, get 10 shots yeah. a game. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, how do I stop this force? I yeah. get him here and I turn him into Bismack Biombo. He's like a, he's like a Alabama or a, a Clemson or Ohio State recruiting. Where yes. You're like, you're, you're recruiting five stars, even though you got a five star quarterback. Yeah, you're already, you're already good yeah. at quarterback, but you want that number one quarterback just so Georgia just so doesn't, he get doesn't him. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. go somewhere else. Yeah. That's what we need. Didn't MJ do that with Kwame Brown? Yeah. There yeah, you exactly. go. Good example, Jim. Mm -hmm. Good example. Mm -hmm. Kwame Brown would have been the GOAT. Yep. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knows that. Another fact check. Michael Jordan's from New York. Just to let you know. Born in Brooklyn. Yeah. Congratulations, Jim. Yep. Uh, should we talk to Andy Katz? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. It's uh uh yeah, we don't need to we don't need to set it up. You guys know Andy Katz by now, but we we I, I do want to go on record as saying that we need to have him on regularly this season. Facts. Can I, can, I, can we can we do that? Yeah. All right, all right. Let's talk to Andy. Geico asks. How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. After all, who doesn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condos, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save today. All right, joining us now is a true friend of the program, a man that uh, has become a regular on this show, although it's been way too long. Way too long. Way too long. And, and I got I to gotta call you out on this because you are you, you come on the show regularly and you are a true friend of the program. And yet we, we've only ever like hung out together one time in person. And I don't even think it counts as hanging out because I think we were actually interviewing you at that point as well. Like, when are we going <laughs> to, I feel like. When are we going to all fair hang? Yeah. When, when are we going to. Break you know, bread. When, when are you going to show us the ropes of Big J journalism and, <laughs> and take us out and break some bread and teach us the, the tricks of the trade and all that? Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, I would love to hang out with you guys and we should need to figure out throughout the course of the season or maybe off season. So that's number one. Perfect. Number two, um, you know, Mark, uh, you kind of probably blew me off when I was, you know, at ESPN back in those early <laughs> mid-2000s yeah. uh, when Ohio State was going to Final Fours mm. and you were playing sort of Batman and Robin with Greg Oden. Um, 
or Robin to Batman, excuse me. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, that's really good. You're Batman. When I met Eight, I was shocked that, that he's actually taller than I thought. Oh, thank you. Um, yes. So that was sort of a <laughs> wild moment for me. And uh, I would also say, you talk about the big J, mm. um, this show does not get enough credit for its breaking news, especially Tate. Uh, Tate was all over all things Carolina and Duke. So thank I you. do think you deserve your props and need to get more credit for that big J in journalism. There we go. Clip that out, Jim, please. Thank there you, Andy. That was uh, very kind. Andy, I want to start a new game, by the way. when you Every time you come on, <laughs> you're always wearing a different polo and with a, have a different backdrop. <laughs> and uh, I want Tate and I to try to guess where you're at. So can you give us give us mm. the time zone you're in? And I'm gonna, you're wearing a Big Ten network. And he's uh, got a Fox zip, Sports background. The Fox Sports background. Yeah. Give us the time zone you're in. We're going to try to guess where you're at <laughs> and what you're up to. Well, uh, I'm actually at home en route to Big Ten Media Day. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, about to leave for the airport, you know, I mm. thought I'd make sure that I'm well represented here with the Fox background. And then when I'm on the plane, people know that I'm going to be on Big Ten Network in there the next go. few days. Love there we that. go. Well, let's get into it, Andy. Uh, so I want to start with the big picture thing that uh, the final four we had in, in April was, if not the greatest final four ever, one of them. I mean, the, the storylines were incredible. The games were incredible. Uh, then the National Player of the Year is coming back for the first time in over a decade. Uh, all sorts of other guys that maybe could have gone to the NBA are back. Every blue blood going into this season, uh, that includes Indiana and UCLA, even if you don't want to include them, but yeah. throw them in the mix. They all have national title aspirations. Is it fair to say that that you are as excited as Tate and I are for this season, that this college basketball season, as it stands going into the season, Woo. is setting up to be an all-timer? Yes. I mean, I, I think, first of all, we have tremendous storylines. Uh, and, you know, one thing that we can get into a great debate about when you mentioned blue blood, um, you know, I'd like to know, first of all, who gets credit for that definition, because I get criticized when I use it for certain teams, mm -hmm. i.e. Gonzaga. I was in Las Vegas last week uh, for WCC Media Day with the Zags, and I have referenced them as a blue blood uh, with everything that they've done over the last you know, 10 years, because the numbers are unbelievable uh, in terms of number of weeks that they've been number one in the country, which is actually uh more than any other team, more yeah. Sweet 16s consecutively than any other. And they've got, with Oscar Shibway, uh, arguably one of the player of the year candidates back in Drew mm -hmm. Timmy. Um, the interesting blue blood that you didn't mention that has a great storyline, but I don't think they're a national title contender, obviously, is Villanova, mm. uh, which we've sort of anointed with their two national champions uh, to being a blue blood. But with Cal Neptune taking over for Jay Wright, uh, I don't think we think that they're going to as a collection here of college basketball minds that they are in that same category this season but i totally agree with you with all these other teams including duke which has a new head coach in john shire i saw them on actually day one of practice a week ago monday um and you know they've got lottery picks uh if it weren't for scoot <laughs> anderson and of course victor uh Wimban i gotta get this right <laughs> yeah you so, got it did i get it right yeah I mean, as long as you say it fast, Wimbun it sounds good. Wimbanyama. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, Victor, uh, you take those two out, uh, and then you've got certainly uh, Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead will certainly be in that grouping in the next tier of lottery picks. So uh, they're going to be a great watch, and I think these Duke Carolina games are going to be unbelievable again. 
uh, as we see the new era of Shire and Hubert Davis. Well, mentioning t- talking about Shire and, and mentioning Kyle Neptune earlier, uh, wh- what would you say? There's, there's been a lot of uh, uh, big time coaching changes happening in, in this sport, obviously, yeah. uh, over the offseason. Not what is the best hire, because let's not do it this way. I, I'm done <laughs> trying to grade hires. Ever since Archie Miller at Indiana didn't work out and Mick Cronin at UCLA is working out, yeah. I decided to just retire from trying to— <laughs> Get done with grades. I'm, try, I'm yeah. done trying to figure out what's a good hire and what's a bad <laughs> hire. Uh, but what to you, Andy, is the most intriguing uh, new hire? What 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 coach at his new school— We got Thad Mata at Butler, Sean most, Miller at Xavier, a lot of options. Look, I think it has to be Shire for me. In the because, first of all, he's coming in in a completely different era. You know, if if a young early 30s John Shire takes over five years ago, let alone 10, I think it's a different ball game. And I think it's a much different hill to climb. He's coming in now where NIL will keep players in. Uh, he hires Rachel Baker, who, you know, uh, is familiar in this. She's sort of like this NIL GM, um, savvy to that. Uh, you know, clearly the, uh, coach K, uh, finale last season, um, helped in recruiting in terms of them, you know, getting to the final four and, and allowing Shire to sort of see, look, I'm a part of this. And he goes out and recruits another top recruiting class. Um, you know, they've got all the bells and whistles at Duke to be successful, uh, but yet he is still young and this mm-hmm. is his first time. Uh, and he's got, you know, what really struck me when I was at practice was how young the staff is. And I think that will have a good connection where he's got, um, you know, uh, Jay Lucas from Kentucky, Chris Carowell, Emil Jefferson. Um, I mean, that's his sort of core group. They're all younger guys. And I think it'll be intriguing to see how they progress uh, in this new era. Was Coach K at that practice that you were at? No. In fact, it's interesting, interesting you asked that because he was away that week. This is the first week of practice. Mm-hmm. And my understanding at being at Duke is that he is not going to be there, uh, not in his office. That has stayed. but in- <laughs> He's still in his office, correct. That is confirmed. Yes. Uh, although my understanding is that Shire, all those offices are going to get changed or whatever yeah, he's getting his but, own no. office yeah they're building him his own office yes. the head coach is getting so, his own office um, wow that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing but he's not going to be a presence at practice or at games this entire season from what i understand as you know first of all mm-hmm. you can't hide at cameron there's no sweets yeah exactly and actually the same thing with jay jay wright um at you could do it at wells fargo you could sit in a suite mm-hmm. but at the pavilion you can't hide i don't think we will see jay wright there either think back though to the late great john thompson uh the few times count on maybe two fingers that i actually went to a georgetown practice during the john thompson the third yeah uh if i'm not mistaken <laughs> yeah you're right uh, mm-hmm. practices big john was there like, yeah he was always there mm-hmm. and uh which you could argue on one side that's great you've got this sage you know uh, a person for the players to talk to, but on the other, like he was always there. And um, yes, it's his son coaching, but uh, I don't get the sense that Coach K or Jay Wright mm. will be a presence at practice or a game. Certainly not this season. Mm. 
But well, K will still be a presence. Yeah, just you, not at we're, practice. We're talking about Coach K. Are we talking about the no, practice game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game. dog? Yeah, I would also say this, guys. I wouldn't rule out Coach K going to, uh, and I don't know this, but let's say Champions Classic in Indiana mm, oh. or or the Nike event in Portland. You know, <laughs> a an event like that where you're in an NBA arena. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of hide. Or the Jimmy V at MSG. Um, I think the sweet aspect is critical here to sort of at least have distance um, and, and not be sort of hovering. You you can't hide at Cameron. Yeah, he so, can't go to Cameron games. So what you're telling sure. me is that all season, we're once again going to be talking about Mike Krzyzewski and figuring <laughs> out which there? game he's going to. <laughs> and is he not there? Krzyzewski watch. We zoom in on every chair in Cameron Indoor Stadium. In MSG. Is, they're just trying to find him in a suite. Oh, oh that's great. Well, look, college basketball fans are, are excited about that. They're going to love that. <laughs> I will say this, though. Um, but maybe this is more like um, maybe it's because Hubert is older. Uh, but and, and I don't know what their agreement was or whatever. But Roy did make appearances yeah. last year. He went to a lot of games. Um, yeah. And so um, clearly, you know, Hubert was OK with it. At least we think he was. Uh, and uh, I feel like you know, Roy felt comfortable, obviously, to be there. Uh, yeah. So, you know, look, if there's any Final Four appearance, I mean, Roy was really present with all his former players. I talked to him during the game when I was doing uh, Silence for Westwood One. Um, I, I clearly think that Coach K would be there in that kind of scenario. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, same question. Which coach <laughs> are you most intrigued by? Uh, except we're, we're going to cut that entire part about because we we just, we just don't want to we don't want to go down that road again this season. Talking about K all season. So let's answer. By the again. way, you Who's, know what the <laughs> consensus number one is though. What's that? My consensus preseason number one. Who's who's number one? Is it? Are you are you Tar Heel? There you go. There Carolina. you go. I like right. that. The AP poll. I will be very 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 surprised. If when the AP poll comes out on Monday the 17th, which is when it is supposed to come out, preseason top 25. Next Monday. Um, yes. Um, I will be shocked if Carolina is not number one. Well, Andy, don't Love you think that. that's that's uh, that's good for college basketball? Because I think like Houston, yes. Houston might have a case to be better than Carolina and they might end up being better. I don't know. They're interesting. They, they, they have my attention, certainly. But uh, I, I think when you look at like the storyline, certainly – you have to give Carolina. I think that's what that's what college basketball needs is is North Carolina as the number one team. Now, whether they're going to actually be the best, we'll 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 find out. But uh, I because because I think like a lot. Well, of, like here's the thing though. Can I just say this, guys? I have seen criticism when I posted my latest, you know, Power Thirty Six, and and people are like, oh, you know, you, you know, he was in on UCLA last year, and now he's doing the same thing with Carolina. Um, the difference, I think, is first off. Uh, I just think Carolina was better, is better, okay, than the UCLA team. Uh, yes, both teams got hot late, uh, but I would argue that Carolina, um, their run to the Final Four and title game, they beat better teams. They had the road win at Duke. Uh, and, you know, I can see the comparison, but I just think the players that all returned for Carolina – are simply better than the ones that returned to UCLA last year. And I do believe, and I saw him a lot, I think the Pete Nance addition mm. will be the perfect replacement of Brady Manic. They are very similar. And Team first, Nance, guys. Yep. I, I really believe this was 
one of those transfer portal pickups that didn't get a lot of buzz that's going to end up being a huge, huge offseason move. And they took him, in theory, over Gigi Jackson, who was the number one recruit in the class who ended up going yes. to South Carolina. So it was a decision to say we'd rather have this veteran and go for a championship than placate the one-and-done game, which is very much in line with what Roy was preaching at the end of his career and Hubert's picking up on that as well and going in the portal. So Can I also point sense. out that... Well, can I just follow up that real quick? Is that the key thing with Nance is he just wants to win. Yeah. You know, lots of moments at Northwestern. He's, you know not been to the tournament. And so as a fifth year guy who knows that Baycott, at least inside is the man mm -hmm. and, you know, Davis and love are obviously going to get their share, uh, leaky black a little bit, but I mean, Nance knows I'm a piece. Yeah. I don't need to be the go-to I'm a piece and I just want to win. And he said as and much. Think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Gigi Jackson, like obviously he wants to win. He wants to be a champ and all that. But at the same time, you just can't compare the maturity, a freshman who wants to be the guy. I think this is a much better play for this season. Mm. Can I also remind everybody that that's making the the comparison to UCLA last year and North Carolina this year, that UCLA was very, very, very good last year. They were going to go UCLA, to the Final Four if, you, if Carolina doesn't beat UCLA them. UCLA entered February ranked third in the country <laughs> yeah, yeah. last season. And, and going into the tournament, <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much most people I saw had them going to the Final Four, and they were make, on their way. Everybody makes that comparison as though UCLA last year, like, missed the tournament or, like, snuck into the first <laughs> four and, like, you know... Like, like UCLA did, brought back a great team, and they were very good all yeah. season. Could have gone to the Final Four. The ball didn't bounce their way. That's the way it works sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, Andy. Can we can we talk a, a little Big Ten because you got your Big Ten polo on? I, I talking yeah, about sure. the, talking about the NCAA tournament last year. Um, what what is the official? I, I guess maybe we could ask you after Big Ten Media Days. But what what are the official PR spins of uh, what, what happened? What last happened year? last year? Because <laughs> um, two years ago, the Big Ten had the the really embarrassing tournament where. It felt like we had like three or four national title contenders, and mm -hmm. all of them lost immediately. Um, and that, in Mackey, yeah, and, and the tournament's taking place in the whole state of Indiana. We we all know what happened last year. The Big Ten wasn't as good in the sense that, like, I you know, guys like you and I that that wave that carry water for the Big Ten, we didn't necessarily think that there were a lot of top tier teams. And yet somehow the tournament was still a complete embarrassment when you think about how the teams lost. <laughs> that like Indiana got strangled by St. Mary's and mm -hmm. lost by like 30 and scored how many points did they score? Like 50 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, what I, I wrote some of them down. H Illinois had the same thing happen against Houston. They scored 53 points. Purdue loses to St. Peter's. Iowa goes ice cold against Richmond. Uh, Wisconsin scores 49 points against Iowa State. Um, what what is the official talking point? Is it the ball, Andy? Or is that what we're going with? The, the new ball last year? Oh, Just, no, it was too orange. <laughs> I think this. First of all, this is not an excuse. On the Indiana one, uh, keep in mind, they just got hot late. And we can talk about them in a second about this season. But if there's ever a team you do not want to face with no prep, it is St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. You know, Tommy he was like 35 years old in that game and was slicing and dicing them. Uh, so that was, you know, that was a bad loss to me. Uh, the one I, I would say this Purdue inexcusable, yeah. inexcusable. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Okay. Because they had a whole week mm -hmm. to get ready for St. Peter's. Mm -hmm. Like Kentucky horrible loss, you know, to St. Peter's in round one of 15, two, but Purdue had the entire, well, four or five days, whatever it is, but they had plenty of time to prepare for that game and not take that them lightly. No yeah. Greener. And that was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. No question for Purdue. They will not live that down. 
anytime soon. Wisconsin, you know, the injury to Chucky Hepburn certainly was damaging for them because they just had no backup in that game against Iowa State. Yep. Uh, and they assumed, because they were Milwaukee, they were going to get to Chicago, and they didn't. So that was really disappointing uh, and, and to some degree embarrassing for them too because they thought that they were going to advance. It was just kind of crazy that the much blind, uh, you know, Michigan Wolverines were again the team that, uh, you know, everyone was sort of looking toward to see if they were going to make another run. Uh, and it didn't happen. But, um, you know, this year they have lost some of the star power. Well, Iowa, too, you mentioned that was horrendous. That was bad. As good as Richmond was in yeah. that game. Iowa just won the Big Ten tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got a lottery pick in Keegan Murray. That shouldn't have happened. But they lost a lot of star power, but I think the depth will be there for uh, NCAA tournament teams led by Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I put all my chips in on the Hoosiers. Uh, there's no question they should be the favorite. They will be the favorite. Uh, they've got a great non-conference schedule. Um, and, you know, it's right there for them to be that team that potentially can make a run to the Final Four. And we're going to be there November 30th when North Carolina comes to town. And you know how it works at Assembly Hall. They bring North Carolina in, and it's yeah. like a slaughter. They're yeah. just like, we, we bring you in, we pepper you up, we tell you how great it is to have this historical matchup. And you then print the shirts and say we're back. <laughs> yeah. You, throw them, you and distribute they, them all they around. They blow Bloomington. the brakes yeah. off North Carolina. Yep. And, and that's how the story goes. So I do feel like Indiana, the way that the, the schedule is set up and the way that the kind of cards have been laid out for them in the Big Ten, this is an Indiana year. I really think so. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to really and we're going to talk about this. I'm going to circle it here. I already know I'm going to be there at this game. The game after that game against Carolina, you know where they open the Big Ten days later? The Hoosiers? Who's that? At Who's... the rack. Oh. Mm. Oh, you you love Rutgers, don't you? You love I know Rutgers. What <laughs> you love this Rutgers <laughs> team. You're coming off the high of potentially beating Carolina. Yes. Yeah. And then days later, you open the Big Ten at Rutgers. That and and people forget. Is that not dangerous? No, very dangerous. And I remember last year, Rutgers doing to Purdue. Doing this, to Purdue. similar yeah. thing. Purdue yeah. gets number one in the country for the first time. They're celebrating, and then boom, Purdue In fact, Rutgers my father, in. an Indiana alum, Andy, uh, when Purdue beat Rutgers, when Purdue got ranked number one and then immediately lost to Rutgers, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, my father bought a bunch of Rutgers shirts and hats and all this sort of thing <laughs> to wear. Around town. Yeah, around town. <laughs> And uh, I think that's poetic justice for them to now like be like <laughs> yeah, the, same thing the same thing. Yeah, Indiana beats Carolina now. Indiana's ranked Steve number Pinkle one. Steve is just like I, <laughs> yeah. I get rid of Indiana teams as soon as they get on their high horse. Hey, can you ask uh, final Big Ten thought, and then we can move on? Uh, will you add, will you promise me at media days get to the bottom of? Uh, I couldn't help but notice that Michigan and Jawan Howard make their trip back to Madison on Valentine's Day, and I I want to know was that intentional that like on the day of love that the Big Ten is trying to like bring. Greg Garden, Juwan Howard together. Are they going to make them kiss before the game? Um, was that intentional? That be, yeah, that's a Kevin Warren question, right? Yeah, ask Kevin Warren. Like, was that? Did anybody put any thought to that? That you made these two teams that fought each other are now meeting on on Valentine's Day? I don't know. That's that's something that I noticed when I was uh, digging through the schedule. That was a great. By the idea. way, for your travel schedule, I I'm shocked that you guys are not taking the road trip to London for the Michigan Kentucky game. <laughs> I forgot that's happening. How is how is John Calipari winning this offseason, Andy? Can you explain that to us? Because like 
This man had <laughs> lost to St. Peter's. Lost to St. Peter's <laughs> the year before it was atrocious, like the worst season of his career. And and Tate and I looked at each other like this is gonna be a fun offseason because Cal's just gonna like hide in a bunker and we're not gonna see him all, yeah. you know. Yeah. The exact opposite happened. And then he's like he's raising he's money. He's doubled down. He's raising money for the uh the tornado victims and in Kentucky and all that stuff to where the flood the flood but, victims, I'm sorry. Uh to where now you're like I, I can't make you know. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how this happened. Like it's just like a hard pivot where John Calipari can't stop winning despite <laughs> losing. I, I remember what I saw, Andy. He lost to a 15 seed. How's he doing? No, I look. I mean, getting Oscar Shibway back, um, you know, is it's massive. It just doesn't happen. But it doesn't happen any other year. But now in this new era of NIL, and so uh, you know, having that as an anchor, having um, you know, clearly. Uh, Wheeler back and Toppin, uh, the younger Toppin. They've got veterans. That almost never happens at Kentucky. Yeah. So you add that with a really good recruiting class. Uh, people forget C.J. Frederick, the Iowa shooter. Mm. He was hurt all last year. He's now, you know, supposedly healthy. So um, there's a lot of optimism. And, uh, you know, I think also in the SEC, there's a little bit of a chip now. Like, wait a minute. We're not the team that always yeah. wins or expected to. With Arkansas now, obviously with Eric Musselman, who's dominated social media, uh, <laughs> with a pretty good team as well. Yep. Uh, Auburn, obviously with Bruce, and then Tennessee, um, Alabama, obviously has gotten to be consistent. So there's uh, a lot of company now for Kentucky in the SEC. That is not a given anymore. And Florida, right? Todd with, Golden, with Todd the, Golden, right? Don't you feel like boy? he's yeah. going to be the yeah. Golden Boy, right? Yes. There you I go. do with Colin Castleton back and Kyle Lofton, the Bonnie. Transferring mm -hmm. down there, he gets an immediate uh, uh, point guard who's got a lot of veteran, uh, you know, experience. So I think that yeah, Florida will be in the mix as well. Mm. You got anything else for him? No, I was going to ask Andy: Is there any dark horse team that you're like, other than Rutgers? We know you love Rutgers, but is there any other team that's kind of out there that you're like, you need to watch these guys? Is it someone like Dayton? But it, but maybe off the beaten path, not one of these power teams. But you're just like, these guys are going to be fun to watch. All right, so one of the teams that is out your way that I do think um, will have a moment in the top 25 mm -hmm. is Wyoming. Mm, uh, like it. Hunter Maldonado and Graham E.K. are back. They're going to be pushing San Diego State. Uh, they made the NCAA tournament last year, played Indiana, so they've got that experience, and they got the guys back. They didn't, And they actually got transfers from USC, um, so they've actually got experience. And that's a really hard home court years ago in another lifetime. I used to cover the whack and, you know, at 7,000 feet uh, altitude, that can be uh, one of the harder home courts to win in. Mm. So I, I do think Wyoming will have its moment this season. Maldonado, that's your was, dark Maldonado was awesome last year and then had a stinker of a game against Indiana. So I'm, I'm excited yes. that he's back in college basketball and get to a, you like uh, that one? I do, I do like pick. that one. That's yeah. a great pick, Andy. Uh, all right, we're going to let you go because we know you got to get on a flight. But uh, before we do, last question. Um, do you have any fun stories from you? You were you were in uh, Springfield for for Bob Huggins, right? Getting inducted into the uh, the Hall of Fame. Do you have any stories you can share with us? Uh, maybe you can maybe you can share some off air when we when we grab <laughs> dinner together sometime. But uh, well, this is, it, is what I will say. Yeah. Um, my only wish would have been is if they had had Huggins practice on the teleprompter. Um, <laughs> Because it was a little painful because Hugs, as you know, is not a great public speaker. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a great wit, but he's a low talker. Yeah. Bit of a mumbler. And um, 
yeah, the teleprompter aspect of the Hall of Fame speech was a little rough. Okay. Um, they should have. Uh, they should have been a little bit of a practice. But I will say this: <laughs> Bugs is the Pied Piper. I could not get over the busloads. I'm not embellishing. Busloads of West Virginians who made that trip, uh, and Kenyon Martin. I mean, he mm, was front wow. and center. I talked. Uh, you know, he would not miss this for the world. By the way, for you basketball historians. Um, He's convinced they would have won the national championship that year had he not mm. broken his leg. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that. 2000, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, so the yeah. Big Ten, they, yeah. they lost yeah. another yeah, so title. So you're trying to take the latest <laughs> Big Ten title from us? Kenyon, shut up. I'm just shut saying. Yeah. Um, and then Deshaun Butler. On mm. that one, I'm going to challenge him because they were losing that game to Duke. Had he not gotten hurt, I still don't think they would have won that game. So yeah. I, I'm going to give him the, the, the Kenyon Martin one. I'm yeah. not going to give him... Butler, but that hugs thinks they would have had two titles: one at Cincinnati, one at West Virginia. I'm not buying necessarily the one at West Virginia. Your thoughts on that 2010? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think 2010. I think the only team that can say what if is Butler, <laughs> and and what if uh, what if the Rams would have been a little looser yeah. and Gordon? Schott like you said, have... Duke was winning that game. Yeah, I mean, but no matter how yeah. it played out. But Duke also, was that's win. the joy of college sports: is you, you what if yourself to death, and you get yeah. a, you And know, if you're Huggy Bear, I'm definitely saying that. Yeah, I would have won two titles. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> no question about it. Uh, Andy, you're the best. We we look forward to a fun season having you on. Uh, and and you you always accuse us every time you come on, and we talk about how long it's been. You accuse Tate and I. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to take this opportunity on air to go ahead and throw our entire production team under the bus and say it's their fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> not we we want to have you on all the time, I promise you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not hiding. Everyone knows where I am. <laughs> and you got the backdrop so, uh, with you, so it's money. We, right. we got it all set up. All right, enjoy Big Ten Media Days, Andy. Thanks, Andy. All right, thanks, guys. See you. All right, thank you, as always, Dandy Katz, um, who uh, we, we didn't ask him about his marathon today. We saw that he, he had run two half marathons. Yes, which I think adds up to... Yeah one marathon so because you know the i was asking you this there's the 13 <laughs> hold on hold on let me do the math yeah slow down now, the, two there, now there's the 13.1 stickers that people okay. put on their cars they're like i'm a yeah. half half marathoner but i've always wondered if you are a half marathoner why wouldn't you just add up two of your half marathons your and half then marathons. put 26.2 on your car because that's really the number that everyone knows anyway and if i'm andy i ran a just, whole marathon so just, just 26.2 yeah so yeah. i wanted to ask him that that's a good. That's a good thing. But, then, but then, where do you draw the line? Because, like, what if I ran one mile? Do I just get to multiply it by twenty six point two? Well, it's, well, it and goes back into false advertising too. Because you meet someone twenty six point two, you're like, "What marathon you run in?" And you say, "I ran in these two. And they're like, "Wait, that's the equivalent of like a per forty minute stat." Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> per forty <laughs> just, minutes, I average thirty points a game. Yeah, yeah. 30 yeah. Points 30, a game. Per, 40. per forty. My per forty numbers were incredible. <laughs> Um, we forgot to talk about the, the, the latest with the Draymond, uh, I, I mentioned it at the top, but we didn't, uh, I don't, I don't know what else to, I, I will say mm. when the video came out, uh, my reaction was the same as I think a lot of people's, which was, holy shit, Ty Jerome's on the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Ty Jerome. I actually texted him when I saw the video and I was like, dude, do work with the dubs. <laughs> and I think he changed his number cause it came up green. I'm like, what the hell Ty? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was very excited about Ty Jerome being there and he's a great backup for Steph Curry. Right. I could see that working out. The, I, I, I had no idea who's on the Warriors <laughs> until I saw Draymond Green punching Jordan. Poole I think, in the he, face. I think they picked him up off waivers and no one's going to know, but I think they cut Mac McClung to keep Ty Jerome, which is a W for our program. I mean, about, it hurts on one side, but Ty yeah, Jerome, yes. Yeah. Um, was it a punch, by the way? Because the Jawan Howard situation has me rethinking. 
uh, what striking what, what, man? Yeah, or like you know yeah. that, that was the 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 waters got muddied when Juwan Howard uh, mm-hmm. struck a man, and then everyone was like, "Well, is this even a punch? Should we? How many, how many knuckles smack. did he have bent? Yeah, when he when he. Sh- I think a smack is better than a punch. I think this video coming out. I mean, as Draymond, Draymond said it in his press conference, he was like, "It definitely looks worse than I thought it was in the moment." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it looks pretty bad, man. It looks really bad," and. I think the most damning part of the video is just that everyone's reaction is kind of nonchalant about it, which means that Draymond definitely behaves this way quite a bit. Not to say that he knocks people out, but he definitely, yeah, he thought it was a closed practice and he was behaving as such. And uh, the way Ron Adams, one of the Warriors assistants, basically walked through the moment as it was happening and was not even phased by it. Ty Jerome wasn't even phased by it. So you're just the way that it looked on camera with no audio. I'm like, it's uh, it, it did not look great. It's a matter of perspective when you say that uh, this wasn't a th- th- this doesn't seem that unusual that mm-hmm. Draymond did this because on the one hand you're like this is this is not that big of a deal he does this all the time it, which is a, <laughs> which, which you're like this is this is just oper- standard operating procedure for Draymond <laughs> this is this is not that big of a deal mm-hmm. but then when you hear that you're like wait you're like, this you're, you're like, all the time. yeah that definitely makes it more of a big deal right and if you really think about the like the warrior the the team that's handling all this like Steve Kerr. Uh, Joe Laka, Bob Myers, right? Those three down the line of owner to GM to coach, right? They they pretty much are at the top of the list of like how to handle damage control and how and they've dealt with so much with this Warriors run. So the fact that this got out the way that it did and they're having to handle it the way that they're ha- having to handle it publicly just goes like imagine this happened with the Hornets. I mean, it would be chaos. We wouldn't know what to do. And they don't know what to do with this whole situation. And then Draymond removes himself from the team. Mm-hmm. Like uh, almost as I think the the most damning part is that it was ten thousand dollars. That tells me that wh- whoever leaked it really hates Draymond. Exactly, like, wasn't looking for which that goes back to what we were just saying. This this is like almost standard protocol for him to do some out of pocket stuff. Yeah, and then everyone else has to deal with the fallout from it. He to me, it was like this is bully behavior, and this guy's a bully, and now he got caught on camera, and he's he's like, oh my bad, I didn't know it was like that, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for Jordan Poole that getting leaked. I mean that that's that you never know what the ramifications are on someone that seems to be built by confidence, right? The way that he played. You know, you just never know. Luckily in the preseason game, he had like twenty five points in fifteen minutes last night and looked great. So that's I, a good news. But if I'm Jordan Poole, my relationship with Draymond is definitely different. De- definitely different. <laughs> definitely I don't different. I don't want to pretend like this is not a big deal or not this this is nothing. But yeah. um also, yeah, you I mean, I, I do think there's something too, like the reactions that all the guys had were nonchalant. And I do think that uh uh anyone who's been on a team at, at a certain level, um you you've know, seen something you've along seen these some lines. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You, you 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 know, this isn't exactly shocking what transpired. Now, if you would have kept if this would have turned into a uh uh, was it Georgetown against China when mm-hmm. they got into that fight? Yeah, it was like a melee. <laughs> a melee? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> if this, if like the practice became that and Draymond, like someone was coming to get, take Draymond off and Draymond turned and punched the coach and then punched Steph. And, <laughs> and then, then picked start, up a started, chair yeah, and uh, put it over his start, head. Yeah, <laughs> all the chair over his head. <laughs> um, if all of that starts transpiring, <laughs> that might be a little different, but... Uh, I don't know, man. The, the 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 an isolated incident like that, like I don't think it's damning for the Warriors. I don't think it's like no. I don't think it's I don't think the Warriors can't bounce back from this or anything like that. But you're right. If I, if I'm Jordan Poole, the the relationship with Draymond, but does a relationship with Draymond need to be great in the first place? I mean, they're professional athletes. Yeah. It's not like all these guys are best friends to begin with. It's not like they're all like you know. I I, I get that the 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 propaganda that gets put out by the Warriors is like they got the the Phil Jackson. What, what was the word Ubuntu? 
The, yeah. Is that the word that Phil I always I think used? so, yeah. Like the Warriors are the modern day version of that where it's like they're mm -hmm. all best friends and they all like, you know, love each other. Kumbaya. Level, yeah, it's kumbaya yeah. at a level you wouldn't know. All these other teams just can't reach our level. I'm going to call bullshit on that, Tate, and say that there's some guys on the Warriors. Every year that they won a title, there's been at least one guy on the Warriors who's like, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't. There's dudes I play basketball with. Kevin Durant. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, yeah. there, there's usually always one of those guys. And, and that's, that's true of like every team and every, that's how it always works. So I guess like in that regard, if, if they're not best friends, who cares? The, 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 the problem becomes like Jordan Poole, like will not pass the ball to Draymond. Yeah. Or like shit like that, Which, you know, who like knows? I don't want to be on the court at the same time as this man. That's a problem, but I don't think it's going to get to that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think so either because I think Jordan Poole, the way that he has handled it, at least from the outside looking in, I mean, you know, he he seems to be like he's moving on from it, which is, you know, a, a kudos to him. The unfortunate part is that Draymond is supposed to be like every team has vets and every team has younger guys. Poole is in the group of younger guys. Draymond is obviously a vet and you're supposed to watch over this younger group inherently at some level. And for like an older guy, a vet, to do something like that to a younger guy, it really crosses the line. And that's why I think you saw Iguodala and Steph come out when all yeah, the character stuff was coming out about Jordan Poole. They were like, because they're vets. And they're like, you're not yeah, going to talk true. about true. you're not going to talk about my little brother like that. Like, you're not going to leak this information. So what's the bigger story to you? The you made Doka situation or Draymond or Draymond? <sighs> I mean, I think like as it stands right now, as it stands right now, I think Draymond is more interesting to me just because it actually is on the court. You know, like I, I'm going to yeah. be able to see if Draymond's not setting hard screens for Jordan Poole or if Jordan Poole, like you said, is icing out Draymond or like for the first time right in January when Jordan Poole doesn't take a charge and Draymond's, you know, MF and him in the lane. And then Jordan Poole's like, get on my face bro like you're I not think my the, guy we, we still don't know what Ime Doka did uh I mean I know I, I know <laughs> you know yeah yeah but the public doesn't um and unfortunately I'm not I, maybe next show maybe if there, next were, show if there was share, a video but, I think the Ime situation is but like Draymond having this video is as stupid as it is it does add another dimension to the whole conversation we all see it we're, we're running a little long on this show so I'm not gonna share <laughs> the what I know about the Ime Doka maybe, I'll do it next show maybe yeah, but maybe uh, I, I do know uh what happened but like if 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 Ime Udoka, whatever, whatever the hell it is that happened, um, is as bad as Matt Barnes, which at this point, by the way, I, I'm, I'm very much of the belief that Matt Barnes was fed bad information mm -hmm. and heard, like someone just made up some heinous shit and told Matt Barnes that's what happened. Yeah. And then he was just like, how was this man not in prison? We're no, like, yeah, exactly, Matt. That's, that's, uh, Matt, it might not be it, that. It might not be that. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like the Ime Udoka, whatever happened, might be worse of like a, an isolated incident but in terms of the uh, the more intriguing fallout, I think it's definitely the Draymond story. Because to me, like like the Celtics seem to have cut the cancer out, so to speak, and now now they're going to move on and like proceed with whatever. Like they still have yeah. the team, you still have a coach now that's taking over. The problem has now been removed for this season. Um, you know that's not exactly how it works, but more yeah. or less. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now the Warriors have to proceed with two guys that fought each other and one punched the other in yeah. the face and now they have to play together and we have the to Celtics see how it all can come together and galvanize actually yes. around Udoka's situation the Warriors are splintered as a group yeah because they're I mean so that's going to be more fascinating to watch that of course and like I'm not saying Draymond is Jordan Poole's vet I highly doubt that he is I really do but he might be Steph's rookie you know what i mean was it like a frat like a big no, and a that, little like a, everybody has that's what they do man is that they, how frats work like you have like a, a little a, brother yeah little yeah, brother yeah exactly and that's kind of like i don't think draymond is jordan Poole's vet but i do think that whoever his vet is whether it be curry or iggy or whoever it is clay i don't know which one it is 
they're going to have something to say to Draymond that's a separate conversation, too. That's why they're like, Draymond has to earn the respect of these guys again because he pissed off everybody. Devil's advocate, if Jordan Poole was, in fact, talking about his actual pool, like calling <laughs> Jordan Poole, uh, I don't, I don't want to victim blame. Yeah. However. <laughs> However, sometimes, you know, you start talking out of pocket. <laughs> but Dr Draymond, the way that he even came off the court, I think that's the, the part that it's like, if it happened on the, like, in, I got a, in a fight in practice in high school, but it was like on, like, it was in a heated moment on the field. And like then we got in a fight. Yeah, exactly. And then we got in a fight. And then it like escalates that. But he, he walked off the court of play to someone who's not on the court and then basically snuffed him out and looked like he knocked him out. Right. I mean, based on how the video looks. So it's like, that is just another level of being a bully. And you went out of your way to do that. Which that that's I get the heat of battle, but like you're just you're like basically just walking moseying around plotting this, and then you go over and do it, and then after you do it, you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. up. Like I, I don't know. I uh, it's I, not a good video. I promised I wouldn't mention a certain name uh and and the, and, and use it as content anymore. Oh so no, I'm not. Going, oh, no. I'm not going to mention the name. <laughs> but it. I had a teammate. He who shall not be named. Try to fight me. Many times. It looked a lot like the video. <laughs> um, and we're great friends now. We're best friends now, as it turns out. So I don't That's know. There you news. go. Yeah. That's good news. And we also, uh, at that time when these fights were happening, we won Big Ten shit, multiple Big Ten. We won the Big Ten regular yeah. season. We won the Big Ten uh, tournament. We were a very successful team. So as it turns out, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. We'll see. And maybe like it's part of the team, right? They they are used to, you know, like you said, no, if, if Jordan Poole, if Jordan Poole is run, always running his mouth and then everyone kind of knows that. Which I was. It was always running. My mouth. <laughs> yeah. So it's like those are the type of moments that like maybe there is an understanding. But now that internal locker room understanding that would all be there is now gone because you don't think people are texting Jordan Poole? They're like, you better get this dude back. I, I do. Like, that, that is happening. I do in my heart of hearts believe the biggest issue, if I'm moving forward with the Warriors, I, I genuinely believe this. The biggest issue within the organization now is that someone sold this video for $10,000 rather than <laughs> yeah, yeah. one teammate punched another. I, I, I'm not even saying that to be funny. I really, I genuinely believe that because uh, I, I, I assume like the guy who sold it must have made hundreds of thousands or something because you know like why why, why else, else? Would you yeah jeopardize jeopardize the, the and good also the Warriors said they're going to take legal action right like yeah. they, they were like why once... they should because that's like a bigger deal are they of taking course. legal action against Draymond no uh, no <laughs> exactly exactly because at the end of the day but you don't want to glorify fights or whatever but like that's what I I have appreciated it has seemed for the most part most of the old heads that I've seen chime in on this are like. I don't wear it as a badge of honor that I got in a bunch of fights. I didn't want to get in a bunch Unless of fights. Unless you're talking about the old Big East. Unless, yeah, or like Charles Oakley. <laughs> Charles or yeah. yeah, I mean, that, there's like but the no, only guys right, that right, are glorifying yeah. fights. Everyone else, like, uh, like I asked BJ. I didn't want to kick his ass, but I had to back then. Well, yeah. I asked BJ about the Steve Kerr, Michael Jordan thing, and he's just like, it, it was a heated practice. They were on different teams. Kerr's guarding him, yeah. you know? And it, but, it, but it happened in the in the heat of the play. It didn't happen outside of that. that that's the worst part of this whole thing. Yeah. And that a kid sold it for $10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, that uh, kid, and that idiot kid. <laughs> uh, shout outs, closeouts. Or do, do we have football thoughts? Do we have baseball thoughts? I mean, shout out to the Mets. Oof. Shout yeah. out to Jim's Another New York cheating Mets. scandal. 
Another cheating scandal oh, with the Mets wow. uh, Padres. Huh? Wow. Yeah, that Padres. That was, that was pathetic. I Hilariously love pathetic. My guy, Mad Dog, he was like, the Mets, he was like, if you didn't think they could get even more embarrassing, they sent out someone to go check on the pitcher that is holding them to one hit <laughs> in the sixth inning, you know? And then uh, Musgrove, uh, he Kenny Powers him, right? Smelled the fingers. <laughs> I think he like rubbed it. He like rubbed it on his jersey, right? That's what everyone's saying in the replay, that he rubbed his right ear on his jersey. Yeah, oh, and then cheating. And then he would like do the Macarena to like, yeah. get it onto his. And then everyone was saying that he was rubbing his ear every time he touched the ball. I'm like, I didn't know that they had guys live looking at the spin rate to to check and see if teams are cheating. But uh, apparently, both teams' the spin rate was up on the ball. So it could go back to your theory about certain balls being out there, you know, to give certain spin rate. Yeah, dude. Of course, every like that's yeah. the. Everyone's and cheating. But they're, no, they're trying to blame. They're trying to blame the pitchers. The pitchers are like they check their hands when they walk. Like they're criminals. Like yeah. when they come off, they like check their hands, wipe their hands down, stop and frisk. Yeah, get fingerprints. They have to walk through like a metal detector. Dropping the pants to the was a was it's like the, going to did, public school now. Did you Lance Lynn do that? My uh uh um not to not to name the it, but I, I I've talked mm. about Lance before. Yeah, yeah, I went to high school with Lance, and we were super close for like six months. One of the funniest human beings I've ever known in my <laughs> life. I I have a uh, I I could be wrong, but I I, I have a, a memory of Lance one time dropping his pants as he walked off the through like, his through his belt at the umpire. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lance, After getting Lance kept getting checked. Was he on the White Sox or the Rangers? White or Sox. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he like walked off and like took his pants and just like so like you're spreading his cheeks. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly the best way to approach it, right? Like if they're coming out and accusing you. I mean, you might as well just lean into it. Well, he was caught. Well, and then so, you might yeah. as well just expose him. Yeah. Lance was caught? Well, he was ejected, it says, so. No, he was ejected for, like, showing up the ump. Not because he had stuff. Like, he was ejected because he was, like, spreading his cheeks yeah. in front of the ump and saying, mm -hmm. like, go ahead, stick after, your head up there. See after what they you didn't find. catch anything? Yeah. Hmm. Respect. I think. I don't know. But. He's Lance clean. He's best, he's dude. clean in my book. Lance is the, yeah, Lance, Lance is. <laughs> oh, the ump said he needed to see his belt. So Lance took it off and threw it at him. Oh, and that's when that's, he was thrown out. Dude, that's that's Lance right there. That's Lance mm -hmm. Lynn I know and love. I mean, respect. He's like, here, you want to see it? Throw it out. Speaking of cheating, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks football team was cheated. And I just want to go on record as saying, uh, Kansas, I see you. I speak your name. And uh, what happened was flat out wrong against TCU. The horse collar, not called. I did actually watch it. I didn't think I was going to watch too. it. Um, I did watch the whole game, and I was disgusted at what transpired. Never mind. TCU fans, turn this off. We're not talking about you right now. Uh, <laughs> I do think Kansas got a lot of favorable calls throughout the game, but it doesn't matter. At the end, they were yeah. cheated. Refs were bad both ways. We'll put it that way. That's how you know I'm not biased. Refs were bad both ways. I do appreciate but the I AP think Kansas voters. Got cheated more. You think they got hosed? I do think that the AP voters keeping them at number 19, not dropping them because that was they, fair. They, yeah. I thought it was cool. They're yeah. like they lost their quarterback and they played a really good game. And I mean, Bean looked pretty solid at times. It just, might it might be better know. that they lost moving forward, so they don't have the target undefeated on the back and the yeah. undefeated thing to worry about. Now mm -hmm. you can just play football, right? Yeah. Isn't that what, isn't that what you're supposed to say? And uh, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like we only lost one. We'll win the win the rest. Uh, happy Matt Rule Day, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say that was my shout out is a shout out to the Carolina Panthers for finally after 33 months of absolute turmoil while they promoted the South Carolina Panthers. They threatened to move the team to Rock Hill, South Carolina. They they hired a college coach that everyone knew was going to be bad and gave him a seven year contract. Mm -hmm. They decided to finally get rid of him. So Matt Rule, see you later. One of the worst eras of Panther football ever by a mile. It was depressing at times. 
But now I feel like the 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 Delome, the end of the Delome era as well. And that includes that. Like that's, yeah. it's even worse than that. It's worse than that. It's worse than when it's worse than when Jake Delome went into the playoffs and threw five picks to the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. It's worse than that. I would much rather watch Jake Delome sell me Bojangles and throw five interceptions in the first round of the playoffs than to watch Matt Rule flounder in a stupid vest in the sidelines <laughs> with no idea what he's doing. And then have dumbass Ben McAdoo calling plays. Uh, so I think today is a good day for all Carolina Panthers fans. And uh, get a quarterback. Maybe your guy, CJ Stroud. Um, that'd maybe, be nice. maybe my guy, Drake May, in a couple years. You know, But get a quarterback. They're going to draft a quarterback this draft. This they? year, probably. What about or Baker? sign one. What about yeah, who? Is Baker? Baker? Is Baker not your quarterback? Is he going to be no. your coach? Is he not your guy? No. Oh, hire no. Baker to be the coach. There you go. That's a good idea. Player uh, coach. I would be fine if Baker is the quarterback's coach. What happened to Baker, by the way? Was he ever good? He, I, thought, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I, he was that bad. I I think he was fine if you put everything around him. You know what I mean? Like he's a system yeah. guy. If you put a great system around him, maybe and a great defense, maybe. But he's also five foot nine. It looks like when he's out there, and every pass he throws gets batted by the defense. And when he gets the ball, he's like playing tag, and it's against the monsters. You know what I mean? He looks absolutely terrified yeah. when he gets the snap, and he's just running for his life. So, I think Johnny Manziel was better, but who knows? <laughs> Come on. Come on. I would have taken Johnny football. Come on. Uh, my my last football thought was uh, I saw a fan ran onto the field. He was like a, a child, right? Uh, the the 10 years it, old. It was a 10-year-old child? Yeah. Oh, that's what they're Supposedly. saying. Supposedly. Let's see. The, I don't know. We got a Danny Almonte situation. Yeah, oh, wow. He's actually 16. <laughs> um, the the Bucks-Falcons game, this coming right after uh, the fan ran on the field and uh, uh, Bobby Wagner decked him in the mm-hmm. uh, Niners-Rams game. And I've seen a lot of that guy suing Bobby Wagner, by the way. Yeah, for the tackle. Was that a I mean, gender reveal? He had the pink. <laughs> he had the pink. Uh, like, I don't know what that was. Uh, that's pretty. That is a sick gender reveal. That yeah, I think that, his, you tell your wife. I you like, just watch this right? game, yeah. third quarter. She's like, I don't he had the watch pink football. smoke while he was running. Yeah, wasn't that a gender reveal? I mean, I, I I would I say was, he was probably just trying to draw attention. And to Bobby Wagner was just trying to congratulate him. Yeah, he kind of gave him a hug. Yeah, he gave him a hug and slipped up. Well, I've seen a uh, a ton of people seem to be taking the stance of like, screw these people that do this, mm-hmm. and and I I just want to call it the hypocrisy that exists among sports fans where, um, the picture there there was a picture of Bobby Wagner like tackling the guy that I saw being circulated, and then a lot of people were commenting like don't show his shirt because he was, I, I forget what the cause was, something PETA related or something. I don't know, who cares? Um, but like, don't show the cause. Like, don't, don't, kind of like what people don't say about like them. school shooters of like, don't yeah. glamorize don't show their it name. so then yeah. there's no repeat offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to call out the hypocrisy in that I think every single person watching loves every single time this happens. Every time a guy runs on the field, mm-hmm. it's people eat it up. They love Especially it. Especially casual fans. Dude, yeah. So like, what, like do you mean, what do you mean you don't want copycat? That's that's all everybody yeah. wants. If, mm-hmm. if if I told you that every single football game the rest of the season, at some point someone will run on the field and there's a chance they get tackled by one of the players, the the in game attendance across the league would skyrocket. Every game is selling out. Everybody's going. You know, like am I wrong? Like everybody loves this. And then like when it happens, you're like, get these jackasses off. I can't believe people. What are yeah. still 2022 don't show people it. running don't on the field? Don't show it. Yeah, cut away. Cut away. Yeah, cut away. That's usually what the directors yell. Nobody wants you to cut it. away. Everybody wants to watch it. Yeah. Everybody. Es- especially if it's a long, drawn out race. I mean, in baseball, we've seen some great ones where like the umps can't even catch them. You know what I mean? Because they're so like 
yeah. know, old and don't want to run around. So, I mean, with, that's fun, too. It's the same with, uh, like, police chases. Yeah. The, the, that's what here, LA, 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 Yeah, like, every day, they're like, KTLA, KTLA. live shot here from the helicopter. <laughs> People love, love those. Jim's, Jim's on the Citizen <laughs> app figuring out where those. they're going. Absolutely. That's the number one rated show in LA is police yes. chases. <laughs> yeah, it's like cops, but better. I don't know. I I, I just I've, I've seen the the discussions going on, and I just wanted to I don't know, call out some hypocrisy because it it is yeah. it's egregious state that people are pretending like they don't want to see it, but every single person wants to see it. You know what? Yeah, you, egre- you all want to see it. You all want to see it. You know what was egregious to me? I'm watching that Falcons Bucks game, like you're talking about, and the Falcons are making this almost poetic comeback against Tom Brady that might make them feel less bad about 28 to three. Nothing will make up for that, but you know they're having this great comeback. Yeah. And then Tom Brady, third down, incompletion. Falcons are going to get the ball back down six, drive down the field, and should win the game. And then three minutes after the actual play, the ref throws a flag and says roughing the passer. And I'm like, how? you know what's egregious? Tom Brady being able to decide when a flag is a flag so that he can keep a drive going to win a game. I, that I, was insane. I, I love the idea of Tom Brady having a wing in his house. Uh, maybe it's like he takes all the, the, the part of the closet. That and he, I like Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. He takes the part. He takes the part of the closet that Giselle had her stuff, and uh-huh. he he uses it now that it's available. Uh, he builds a shrine of all the. He has all the penalty flags throughout yeah. his career that he's benefited from, mm-hmm. just like on displays. And he and everybody comes over and he points out and he's like, "That one is that's the tuck rule." Yeah, that, that was, yeah. He's like, <laughs> you like that, that one. Wasn't a, that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, a little worn out. But, <laughs> a little worn out here. I mean, seriously though, this was the roughing the passer that uh, extended a drive. I've never seen anything like it. Like the play was done. The Falcon, like the punt team, is running on the field, and then the refs, like Tom's, like threatening his life. It was very Coach K, honestly. And then he throws a flag. The Tom Brady, the the whiplash I'm getting of whether that guy's likable the last few years has been something I think, else. Man. I think he is likable. He's just more likable now than he was, but he's still not likable. You know, but what he, I mean? he he was super likable as he won the Super Bowl. I yeah, thought. I thought so too. But then now I feel like he's kind of i don't know like he's he's washed up he's getting plastic his, surgery his he's peak like, point was when he threw the lombardi trophy in the in the celebration yeah. on the boat that yeah, was like that his was awesome. that, that was like then he retires and immediately unretires and everyone's like what the fuck like yeah. what's going on with that midlife crisis yeah he hates his wife and which and then it turns out know. i mean giselle might be like have some voodoo witch powers witch. yeah to help him play longer so people are saying to watch out for that uh shout out to close out <laughs> <laughs> you have anything jim uh no Okay. Do you have anything? Wow. I mean, I was going to shout out my Carolina Panthers. That was going to be that my was big it? shout out. Yeah. I want to shout out the uh, city of San Diego. I went to a wedding oh, uh, nice. this weekend. I think San Diego, is it fair to say it's the most unimpeachable city in America? Is that like the one place that Everyone's... everybody shits on every city? But if you said, I live in San Diego, everyone's just kind of like, damn, dude, that's respect. Like, that's it's really nice place that's a nice place to live. Where in San Diego? <laughs> yeah. I feel, like it, I feel like it is, right? Like, is that the one city that nobody says anything bad about? Well, and then all my family that has come Other out. Other than that, it's expensive? Well, and then all my family that came out to L.A. to visit me, they all thought that L.A. was San Diego based on, like, you know, the propaganda, right? right so they right. were like, they came out here, and then they we went to San Diego, and they're like, this is this is what we're talking about. My, like my how brother, nice the weather is. When my brother was planning his latest trip out here, he uh, I asked him what he wanted to do, and he said, let's just go to San Diego. I was like, I was like you know San Diego's not L.A., right? You know, like, like that drive is a bitch, right? And he's like, I don't know, man. It seems cool. It seems cool. Let's go to San Diego. Uh, anyway, nice I, was, I was there all weekend for a wedding, and the, the point of the story, Tate, is uh, a lot of Aztecs chatter going on. A lot mm. of I, I talked to a lot of people that are uh, big SDSU fans. One guy at the wedding um, – 
cornered me and <laughs> wanted me to admit that this is going to be the best San Diego State team of all time is what he said coming into this season. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how drunk he was, but it felt like pretty drunk if you're saying that. I was like, didn't you guys go like, what, what did they start, 26-0, and 25-0 a couple I, years ago? I think it was 26. I yeah. need a fact check, but I'm pretty and sure And that was, was the COVID year that the, the tournament didn't happen. They lost a couple, I think, mm -hmm. uh, toward down the street. As they were winding the, down, yeah. And then the Kawhi year, I think they were like, were they top five at any point? Because they, they, they lost like two games in 2011. Weren't, weren't they like 35 and two or something? Yeah, I remember? That, that is the year that when when he, when he you told me this story, I was like, that seems wild that he yeah. thinks they're going to be better than yeah, that Yeah, I was team. like, you guys are going to be better than this? He's like, I don't know. This is the point. Is uh, This is why I want to shout out San Diego State fans because they're like super passionate to a point they're like super like dude i don't know man the aztecs how they look they're we're pretty good right and then like i'm ready to engage in the conversation this this happened like five or six times where i was like ready to have the conversation and then like once i kind of gave a little resistance or like i wanted to talk it out more they're like i could be honest with you man like i don't really know that much or mm. care that much <laughs> i was like that's that's respect that, that that's but i like how they, they come your out hot you know they come mean? in hot yeah and then, they're like we're gonna make history this year and you're like really why they're they're like an, they're like a, an underdog uh in a big football game that scripts their first series yeah and they receive the kickoff yes. and they march it down the field and score a touchdown and they're up seven nothing mm -hmm. and then the game settles in and now they have they have no they else. flip the page yeah. and it's just <laughs> blank yeah, they're, like no looking, they're like looking back that was me talking San Diego State basketball all weekend. <laughs> they had the script. They had the initial plays. When, when we dove a little deeper, they were like, I don't give a shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that Bradley guy's good. Like, yeah, he's pretty good. Oh, man. I, I, I believe in Coach Fisher, though. He's going to get the ball. I was, man. Like, I was like, you know, Fisher's not the coach, right? And they're like, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> anyway, you, you try that taco truck down the street, dude. It's so good. Uh, so shout out to uh, San Diego. I had a great time. It's a... I mean, we went to we went to a game uh, in 2020 before the world shut down. That was one of our last events. Uh, I, I tried to find common ground with them and pointing out that Ohio State is going to play San Diego State in the first game of the Maui Invitational, and yeah. zero people knew that. Every single per, every single Aztec fan I told, I was like, I was like, man, and plus uh, Maui, it's gonna be fun. Your your Aztecs, my Buckeyes, that's gonna be a good game. And they're like, what is it? <laughs> like, you know the Maui Invitational? And they're like, we're in that. And I was like, yeah, and you're playing Ohio State. And they're like, oh, cool, cool. Word, word. When is that? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what game are you going to? Yeah. They're like, I'm going to the BYU game yeah. in February. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to shout out is this uh, this new Mario movie. I don't know if Jim had thoughts on it. Mario, as Jim calls it. Mm -hmm. um, did you see the trailer that Chris <laughs> Pratt's doing the voice for Mario? And I he, did. He didn't do the stereotypical, like, it's a me. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. He doesn't he just, do the he's Italian. He's like, what's up, guys? It's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. uh, as as a guy who, because uh, he's supposed to have a New York accent, right? Like, isn't that the Mario? Isn't that what they said? It's not like Italian. It's well, Italian American. I thought it was like he lives in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, he's yeah. from. Yeah, he lives in Brooklyn, but he's from Italy. Oh, he has God. that Italian accent. So are you are you offended by uh, Chris Pratt? I guess no, but I think they could have gotten somebody better. Yeah, they should have just got the guy from the video game. I thought so too. Yeah, but then I thought about yeah. it, like two hours of a movie of Mario being <laughs> making a. A funny voice would have been. I think Joe play. Pesci should have been Mario. Joe Pesci would have been good. You know, like that would have Rick been Patino? unimpeachable. Rick Patino. Rick Patino. I mean, yeah. The, the, it, <laughs> I, I was the worst part about it was that it was like there's not an Italian guy. Mike Tarico. Mike Tarico. Yeah, <laughs> would have been great. Would have been great. Like unimpeachable. I think as soon as you put it, I don't. I Jimmy guess, Patsos. <laughs> I guess Chris Pratt's Irish, right? As soon as you put an Irish guy playing an Italian guy, I think you're already you're already behind the eight ball. And like forcing Chris Pat Pratt to do some of the Mario, like some of that stuff's insane. That, that's too much. Can't do it.
Is Patsos more Greek, probably, right? He's probably yeah, Greek. Yeah. That's not Italian. Pretty close. In the anyway, map. That, that cracked me up, though, that that was like a controversy on the internet for a couple of days. That, mm-hmm. And the movie's not coming out, right? To like 2024 or something? It was like a. It's, a really, it's that long. I think it's like a Wolverine kind of drop, you know, where they like drop it on you. Tease it for And then they're like, we'll see you in the summer. And then by the time the movie comes out, it feels like you've already seen it because you've seen so many So many previews. And, yeah. Yeah. April seventh, two thousand twenty-three. Oh, there you go. That's good. Oh, really? So it's, it's not that good. far. It's not that far. So you're completely wrong. No, it's good. Absolutely. I'm excited about that. <laughs> the only Couldn't time that wrong. it works for me is that Final Four weekend. Probably April what? Seventh. Oh no, the weekend after. It's the weekend after. So maybe we do the Duffies and then go see Mario. Yeah, we go see Mario. <laughs> <laughs> we do the Duffies. The entire Duffies are in a Mario voice. Yes. yes. Oh, I can't even do it. I'm yeah. We're at AMC and we're watching Mario. Welcome to the Duffy Awards. Um. That's it. That's all I got. Everybody done. We're right. we're. Thank you to Andy Katz for uh for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you Thursday. Thanks. Uh, if it weren't for Scoot Anderson and of course Victor uh, Wimbany, I gotta get this right. Wimbanyama. <laughs> yeah, you oh. got it. Did I get it right? Yeah. I mean, as long as you say it fast, Wimbany- it sounds good. Wimbanyama. <laughs> there you go. Anyway.